it's the start of Rhema Conference, it's the beginning, it's the first session, and we are starting from the beginning as well. It's Faith Conference, we'll be talking about faith during the morning sessions, like I mentioned, and then we'll also have prayer clinics just immediately after me. So Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. I'll read from verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'm reading from the KJV version here. Now, watch that. In the beginning, God created. And right straight away, he began to now go into greater details as to how this creation actually happened. So let's go to verse 2. And the earth was without form and void. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, or light be, and there was light. Let us bow our head as we look to God in prayer and look to the Holy Spirit to help us as we look into the word today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the plan of salvation which you sent our Lord Jesus to execute on our behalf so that we can be saved and we can have access back and have fellowship with you again and we can be restored to that position in the family that you had originally planned and designed for us to be in. We are grateful for the blood. We are grateful for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that made this available for us. And we're grateful, Father, once again, for the word which you sent to give us faith. And as we look into the word today, we thank you because faith will rise in our hearts. Faith will come. Faith will grow. And we thank you because we will not be the same again as your word brings about the transformation you designed for us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us. I thank you for helping me and giving me all transfers. I bring the word to your people. And I thank you for manifestations because we are open to your manifestation. Because as the word comes, we believe and receive that healings also come. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So, like we read, Genesis chapter 1, we see in verse 2, if we go back, that it says the heart was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, I would like to share with us today on what I have titled words and contradictions. Words and contradictions. I'll say it one more time. Words, words and contradictions. In chapter 1 verse 2, we see that the heart was without form. Formless. I think is in a, uh, biology they call it amoeba. Shapeless. Void. It was dark. You know, God could have said, oh, Jesus, 
Just look down there. It's really, really dark. I mean, that thing is totally useless. There's nothing we can do with their hearts, don't you think? And the Holy Spirit, and God says, Holy Spirit, just, just imagine how dark it is. Just imagine how desolate the whole, the whole land is. The whole place is. The waters overshadowed everything, and it's just dark. And, and if God had just gone, because that was the physical reality in terms of the state of the earth at that time. But that was a contradiction to what God planned and designed for the earth. And if God had continued to speak words that conform with the negative spiritual, uh, sorry, physical situation of the heart at that time, the heart would have just remained formless, void, and dark. But of course, you know, God doesn't speak negative. And, and so, we're looking at the topic, words and contradiction. So, there are contradictions. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 shows us contradictions. The heart was in a state that contradicted God's plan. But see what happened in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. And God said, and God said, contradiction, physical evidence, real but God spoke words. Now, uh, in today's prayer, session, uh, prayer seminar, my, my primary focus, we would have other people who will come to teach on the word of faith. And you know, I mean, we can teach from now until Jesus come on faith and we will never exhaust the topic. That's a fact. So you can only just take one part, you know, and the Holy Spirit knows how he puts everything together. And I believe the Holy Spirit will put everything together over the course of this conference for all those who will come to speak in the faith seminar as well. And it will crystallize in our heart. But today, my primary focus will be on words as a primary action of faith. I'll be focusing today on words as a primary action of faith. There are other actions of faith, but I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on words as a primary action of faith. So like I said, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, we see a contradiction. But one thing we see that when God spoke, two things mainly happened. When God spoke in Genesis 1 3, two things mainly happened as a result of the words spoken by God. Number one, we see that the situation was changed. So God spoke to change the situation. It was dark. God spoke to change the contradiction. And the second thing we see is that God spoke to create light. God spoke to create light. So there was a contradiction. God spoke to remove that contradiction. And then the words of God brought about what God wanted to see. Uh, someone might say to me, well, that's God. <laughs> God can do that. <laughs> it's easy. I mean, it's God. <laughs> if he can do that, then who are we? I mean, we can do that. You know, God. No, no, no. Let, let's carry on and see whether we'll find evidences in the Bible to see and look deeper into this matter of words versus contradiction. But one thing we can easily glean from here before we move on is that words can change situations 
And words can create things. Words can change situation, and words can create things. You know, we read in Luke, um, John chapter 11, actually, we read the situation with Jesus as well, where, you know, news was brought that Lazarus had died. And if you notice, Jesus, Jesus said Lazarus was asleep. Because that's what Jesus wanted to see. That's what Jesus spoke. But we see that when Jesus got to the tomb, Lazarus was dead, physically speaking. We see that, in fact, when he said, roll away the stone that covers the tomb, you know, that's another action of faith. There are different actions, but like I said today, I'm focusing on the primary action of faith, which is words. Because I don't want somebody to say, oh, so are you just saying, okay, just keep confessing. You don't do anything. You know, there are other actions of faith. But today I'm focusing on just the words part. So Matthew said to Jesus, well, the body by now would have started decaying and the smell. I mean, Jesus, don't, you don't want to try this. They would arrest us, you know. Uh, Center for Disease Control will come and arrest us for, you know, violating. You know, it, she could have, she said all those kind of things, you know, just amplifying it. There was a contradiction of a dead body. But Jesus understood that words can change contradiction and words can create things. Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And he did. Uh, I, I can still hear someone say, well, that was Jesus. I mean, you've told me about God. God can do that. He's God. Jesus is also God. Jesus can do that. Okay, let's look at some more examples in the scripture. Let's consider David. And we'll spend some time looking at a story many of us are familiar with. We got taught in Sunday school for many of us that grew up in church. And even those who didn't grow up in church, I'm sure they've heard the story before. And we can learn some principles from this story about contradiction and words. If you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we read from verse 1. We will just, you know, go through, maybe skip some uh, verses because of time. But I trust the Holy Spirit to help us to, to get what we need to get from here. And we'll consider David, contradiction and words. So words versus contradiction. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered at Shoko, which belonged or belongs to Judah. I want you to note that. The place where the Philistines gathered to battle the children of Israel belonged to Israel. Because the Bible said it belonged to Judah. So, you see, the enemy's plan is to encroach on your property. Contradiction wants to take over what belongs to you. God did not create the earth formless to begin with, but the plan of the enemy was for the earth to be formless, to be desolate. And so, if you're just going to hide and say, well, uh, there's nothing I can do, no, 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 the enemy will keep taking more land. 
The Bible said, do not give him a foothold. This is a foothold. If you give him a foothold, he will take a second one. He will take a giant step into your life. And that's what the enemy will do if you don't speak words to contradict contradictions. Oh, that's interesting. Speak words to contradict contradictions. <laughs> Glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And, and pitched between Shoko and Azika, you know, all these names, in Ephes Damin. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and the Israelites stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. The valley of decision, I'll call it. <laughs> and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. Now, don't say, oh, I know that story. No, 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 let's stay with the Holy Spirit. Because faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing again. Named Goliath of God, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had an helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of brass and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders you know those kind of things oh it's a big malignant tumor it is this you, th that's what you're saying here you're hearing all those things you know magnifying the contradiction because here they are magnifying the Goliath and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel that's verse 8 now and said unto them why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants of Saul? Well, he was mistaken there anyway. Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. Now look at verse 9. If he is able to fight me and to kill me, then we will be your servant. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then ye shall be our servants and servants. See, if contradiction will prevail against you, then you will serve contradictions. Now, figuratively, you know what I mean. Christ has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. But I'm saying, if you don't stand in the place of your authority, contradictions will take what belongs to you. Now, see verse 10. And the Philistine said, talking about words versus contradiction. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. We may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 12. Now David was the son of the Ephratite of Bethlehem, Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. Talking about David's father. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next unto him, Abinadab, and the third, Shema. Now look at verse 14. And David was the youngest. So it doesn't matter what you think you are. It doesn't matter whether you think, well, I'm just a new baby Christian. I am telling you that we will find out here that if contradictions face you and you will put God's words in your mouth, it does not matter. The contradiction will act in, will listen to the voice of God. 
Because God's word on your lips is the same as the voice of God. And so you see this Philistine went every day. He will come. He will challenge them. In verse 23, you know, as he was talking, we know how David went down. His father sent him to go and look after his brother, just summarizing because of time. And then he got there. As he got there, we see in verse 23 that as he was talking with those people, uh, you know, asking about the state of the battle, that was when Goliath came out again and started speaking and started defying the armies of Israel, defying God, defying God's honor. Now, see verse 26. See verse 26. So, what we first see here is that words began to come out from the contradiction. So, what I'm trying to say here is that at times, contradiction will also come in the form of words. Contradiction will also come in the form of words. But see what David did here in verse 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who? You see, David too began to speak words. Because David realized this is a battle of words. This is a battle of words. So contradiction will also come at times in the form of words. You need to realize that whoever will outtalk will win. Whoever. You see, devil came. He said, if you be the son. It doesn't take me long to get excited. Before you know it, I might just start running up and down now. The word just excites me. Don't blame me. <laughs> Glory. Devil came, spoke words. If you be the son of God, turn this stone to bread. Jesus said, it is written. So, are you going to outtalk the devil? Jesus outtalked the devil in the battle of words. It is written. It is written. It is written. And the devil left. Scampered, like we would say. So, you see, David began to speak words. Let's go to verse 29. <clears throat> sorry, let's start from verse 28, sorry. Verse 28. So, talking about contradictions now. So, I said contradiction can come at times in the form of words. See another contradiction here in verse 28. And Eliab... The eldest brother, that is David's brother, the firstborn of Jesse, Eliab, said when David was speaking unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Eliab said to David, Why comest down that? Well, I'm trying to read it in modern English. Why did you come down here? And whom have you left the sheep with in the wilderness? I know your pride. What is pride in all of this now? That you are saying, I want, how can somebody be challenging our God? What is pride in that? He said, I know your, I mean, <sighs> I know your pride and the naughtiness of your heart. Why? For you have come down that you might see the battle. And Eliab began to challenge David and to speak down on him. 
And so what I'm trying to draw out here is that at times contradiction might even come in the form of well-meaning people. Well-meaning people giving, in court advice in the fight of faith. Contradictions. Oh, you are going to join those tongue talkers. Oh, you have become this. Oh, you, uh, forget it. Uh, uh, do you think that happens? God, God doesn't come through. You better know your way. You better apply wisdom. When a Nigerian tells you, you better apply wisdom. Think twice. Just, just tell him, please, please, be specific. What kind of wisdom are you talking about? Those are contradictions. Well-meaning people. You better apply wisdom. Ah, is the person that no way that, I mean, how do we say it? There's a way we say it. And, and, and you see, but watch David. And I want to read this in the NIV. I want to read verse 29 in the NIV because I noticed that the KJV didn't bring it out properly. Because it's old English. He just said, is there not a cause? People may not understand what exactly David said there. See what David said in verse 29 of 1 Samuel 17. Now, what have I done? Talking about, do not let the contradictions outstalk you. David said, what have I done? Can I not even speak? Tell the devil, can't I speak? I can speak. In case you think I can't speak, Mr. Devil, I can speak. Why? Because David understands the importance of speaking. He said, can I not even speak? And he turned. David said, look, let me leave this contradiction away. He used this word to silence that. And he began to speak again. He began to speak and you see what happened eventually was they took him to Saul. How? Because the words David spoke were repeated to Saul. You see, the words he spoke got into Saul's presence and they took him to Saul. And eventually we know that he ended up going to face Goliath. I'm just fast forwarding now. <coughs> Pardon me. And he went. He said, don't, don't worry about this Goliath. I will go and finish him with words. I'm talking like in Nigeria. I'll go finish him with words. That means I'll go and finish him with words. And you see what happened was Saul began to get David clothed in all those things that they wear to war. And I like what David said. David said, look, I've not proved all of these. See, there's a lesson for us here. See, don't go into this battle of words without going with what you have already put in your spirit. That you've carried God's word. Don't, don't go and be fighting from a physical dimension alone. Those are not proven instruments of war in the fight of faith. David said, I have not proven this. We are called to fight the fight of faith. We're not called to fight physical battle like that, but we can learn from it. We are called to fight the fight of faith. But we even see that in this physical battle, the primary action of faith that David applied was words against the contradiction. We are called to fight the fight of faith. And what does faith do? Faith speaks. Faith speaks. That's why I showed us the example of God the Father, the example of God the Son. 
And the Holy Ghost does speak to because Hebrews said, as the Holy Ghost has said, today if you hear his voice. So you see the Father, the Son, the Spirit, they speak, and we having the same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13, as it is written, I believe, therefore what do I do? I speak. Why? Because the spirit of faith is a speaking spirit. And so no matter what you are facing as contradiction, no matter what may be standing in front of you like a Goliath, nine feet tall, I'm 6'3", so imagine how tall Goliath was. That means even if I stand as tall as I am in front of Goliath, he still looks like a big contradiction. And David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You need to speak to some contradictions in your life and say, who is this uncircumcised contradiction? In court. So we see the war of words. Let's go to verse 43. Let's begin to read from verse 43 to 48. From verse 43 to 48, we see the war of words begin to play out. And the Philistines said unto David, you see, I told you contradictions can come in the, in, in, in the form of words as well. And so Goliath said unto David, Come to me. Sorry, uh, the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staffs? And the Philistine caused David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the feed. So, you see the Philistine talk in two verses. Of course, I'm just using, the Bible was not originally written in verses and chapters. But he talked in two verses. David knew I must outtalk this guy. Now let's see David. And David, verse 45, said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you with the sword of the Spirit in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Then David said, no, 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 I'm not done. I've got more to say to you. Listen, listen now. I'm going to outtalk you. And, the, and this day, so David began to spoke. You see, that is the spirit of faith. It calls into being what you cannot see physically. So David began to tell Goliath, even though Goliath was still breathing oxygen by that time, David began to tell him, just wait in a little more minute. You are not going to be breathing oxygen again. But as of when David was saying this, Goliath was not yet dead. But David was saying it as if you are gone. I finished you. Words are the primary action of faith. And, they, and David said to the Philistine, This day the Lord will deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine head from thee, and I will give your carcasses, your dead body, to the host of the Philistines, uh, uh, to the host of the Philistines these days. Uh, sorry, your carcasses of the host of the Philistines, meaning not just only you, Goliath, plus all your core people. I will give all of you to the beds of the air. They will feed on your bodies, and to the wild beasts of the earth, and unto and the, all the earth will know that there is a God in. Israel and David continues. And look, 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 I'm not done talking. And all this assembly, not just even you, Philistine Israelites, will also know that God saves not by a physical sword, but by the 
sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. <laughs> Somebody said, but David killed him with a stone and this. Well, I know people have said different things about the stone. Jesus is the stone. This, that. That's not where I'm going. Like I told us, my, my focus today is the primary action of speaking. The primary action of speaking. You see, Brother Egan said, faith is revealed in action and in words. There is no active faith without words. That's what Brother Egan said. Faith, I'll read that again. Faith is revealed in action and in words. There is no active faith without words. So we see that despite the fact that the words of Goliath were staring David in the face, David knew that I can prevail with words. And David outtalked the Goliath or Goliath. And David followed up that primary action of faith by cutting Goliath's head. But we saw that the battle was already won through words. Oh, you've given me God as an example. You've given me Jesus. You've given us David now. He was the anointed king of Israel. He could do that. He was anointed. See, I have good news for you because 1 John 4, 4 said, greater. <laughs> if you are saved, if you're born again, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you and I than he that is in the world. We have the anointing inside of us. And so you can prevail over contradictions. You can prevail over circumstances. You can prevail over whatever it is that steers you in the faith. But then, you have to speak words. Oh, somebody said, well, if already I have overcome the world like you quoted in 1 John 4, 4, why do I still have to speak words? Well, 1 John 4, 4 goes with 1 John 5, 4. The faith that, over, uh, what overcomes the world is our faith. And I've explained that faith, faith speaks. Faith speaks. Faith calls into being. Even before you see it with the physical eye. If you're waiting to see it first before you start speaking it, you don't understand what we are talking about. What we are saying is that the way God made it happen was to see darkness, but in the eye of the spirit, God saw that it is light I want down there, and the moment he spoke light, light came. The reason why the situation hasn't changed, brother, is because you have not yet started speaking words of faith into that situation. So what am I going to do? We are going to get into God's word. We are going to get into the Bible. We're going to start feeding on those words. We're going to start getting those words into us. And we are going to start speaking faith-filled words to contradiction. And Jesus told us in Mark 11:22 22 and 23 how this works. 
He said, I have the faith of God. I have faith in God. I have the faith of God. Mark eleven twenty two. He said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, if you are whosoever, this applies to you, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said or says, that's number two say, shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Saying three times, believing one time, Jesus told Brahegin, you have to emphasize that saying much more, three times more than the believing part. You don't have a problem with believing. Most of us, well, all of us who are born again, we have the faith of God in us because Romans chapter 12 verse 3 makes us know that God has dealt to every man the measure, the, not a, the measure of faith. So you have faith. If you're born again, you have faith. But Jesus said the believing is not really the problem. Really, most of the issue stems from the fact that people do not realize that the primary action of faith is to speak. And that is how God created everything that came into being. And that is how you are going to create the life that you want to see yourself and your family live. That is how you are going to even live the Christian life. Because the just shall live by faith. The way you overcome Seen is also by faith, and you speak into that situation. I remember Brahegin said somebody came to him and said, Look, I just want to stop this smoking. I just want to stop this smoking. And he said to the person, Okay, no problem. You're sure you really want to stop? Yes, I've done everything I can, but I couldn't stop. Brahegin said, Okay, will you do this? The next time you get a cigarette, light it and say, As I'm smoking this cigarette, I'm smoking it to the glory of God. After all, the Bible said, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. He said, The next time he saw the man, the man was smiling and beaming. And the man said, the thing left me in a hurry. When I did it, you know, if, how did we say? He borrowed himself brain. He fixed his brain. <laughs> That's a Nigerian slang, sorry. Uh, the thing just, you know, reset his brain to factory default straight away. So as we begin to fix to quit, we must understand that no matter what the problems we are facing, whether it be sin, whether it be health challenges, whether it be marital challenges, whether it be even some, the, the pandemic has thrown up not just even health challenges, marital challenges, emotional challenges, uh, mental challenges for people. No matter what it is, find scriptures that cover your case and begin to confess those scriptures over and over again. And you have a solid ground for victory. Like Reverend Mark Ankin said, never run at your giant with your mouth shut. You see, as David was going towards Goliath, he was saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. See, don't run at your giant with your mouth shut. Open your mouth. God, get into God's word. Let God fill your mouth. As you open your mouth, God fills it as you get into his word. And you carry those words with the Aesop of your lips. And you begin to speak those words into contradictory situations. You see, Brahegin said, the words that you speak fixes the landmarks of your life. I'll say that again. The words that you speak fixes the landmark of your life. Our words, still quoting Brother Egan, 
dominate us. Our words dominate us. Brahegin also said, confession precedes possession. Confession precedes possession. Meaning, you have to confess it first before you possess it in the physical. If you're waiting to get it first, don't worry. We did say there is no giant. Jesus never said in Mark eleven twenty three that there is no mountain. There is a contradiction. We acknowledge there is a contradiction. But Jesus said with our words, we can move that contradiction away. And not just now move it away. We can also, as we saw God did in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, we can create what we want to see in the place of that contradiction. Is it marital problem you are facing? With your words. And of course, there are other primary actions of faith. You can move that contradiction away. And with your words, you can create the kind of home atmosphere you want to see. So begin to speak words. Begin to speak words. Perhaps somebody is watching me. And you're like, well, all these things you are saying, you are saying if I am saved, if I am this, I, I can do this, I can do that. And you are saying to me, well, I'm not saved. My problem is I'm not saved. So I can't even do all these things you are talking about. I can't even act on them. I have good news for you. Your words can also move that contradiction. Your words can also Move that contradiction. In Acts chapter 11, verse 14, when Peter was recounting the encounter of going to uh, Cornelius' house, he spoke about how Cornelius said, the angel said to him, send for Peter, send to Joppa for Peter. We will, speak, we will speak words whereby you and your household can be saved. In Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10 and verse 13, he says, but what saith it? What does it say? The word, words again, you see, is near you. The words are in your mouth as you're watching me right now. The word is in your heart. You're hearing it. It's coming into your heart. That is the word of faith that we speak, that we preach. That if you shall, you see it, speak. I know the word there is confess. It's the same. That is, you shall confess with thy mouth. Meaning you verbalize with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13. For whosoever, I love that word, whosoever. I can just start dancing on that word right now. Because Jesus said, whosoever can speak words and move contradiction. God is also saying here, whosoever shall call, shall speak words to call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wherever you are, you're watching me, if that's you, I want you to close your eyes and say with me, Father, I've heard your words that if I call on the name of the Lord, Jesus, that if I confess him as my Lord with my lips and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I'll be saved. Father, I confess with my mouth this morning, Jesus as my Lord, 
Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart, Father, that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I say, Father, I receive your salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Thank you. Glory be to God. Thank God I am saved. Scream it out loud. If you are in a place you can't scream, just say it quietly. Thank God I'm saved. You are saved. There will be some uh, contact information on the screen that you can contact us on. Uh, if you said that prayer, uh, let us know. If you're watching by Facebook, just put down your details. Uh, our team will get in touch with you. And then if you know there are other things also that you've received or you want to uh, get some more information about or you want people to you know, just speak with you about in line with this conference and the teaching this morning, please get in touch with us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, on uh, MixLR, wherever you're watching from. Get in touch with us and we'll be more than happy uh, to speak with you. And then let us hear your testimonies as well. Let's hear from you. That would help us to also be able to give thanks some more for what God is doing in our midst. Thank you so much. Uh, now, before I go, um, I want to take time to just do something uh, which I invite all of us to participate with. Uh, we want to just take some time to receive uh, offerings from us. And it's, it's on this premise. You see, number one, I must say, like we said earlier, we are a Bible school. And we have students who are trained. And it's because of the giving of our partners that we are actually able to train students successfully here at Rayman, Nigeria. Because really, the school fees does not account for a lot out of what we used to train each particular student. But because of the generous giving of our partners, we're able to train students and we're able to just continue to push out God's word. And your offering, your donation, your gifts today will also help us to be able to reach more people, to be able to train more people as we continue to put God's word out. Uh, uh, on the screen, you will have information about how you can give your free will offerings. Your tithes belong to your local church. You know, you should send your tithes to your local church. But you can give free will offerings. Uh, you have information on the screen. You have our bank details as well. Uh, it's Guarantee Trust Bank, account number 0053265. Eight, nine, because some people might be listening via audio. I'll read the account number again. GT Bank, account number 0053267389. You can also give online at our website, www.raymanigeria.com forward slash donate. I believe you have been blessed. I have been blessed. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Father, for blessing us innumerably. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I invite you to sit back. The prayer clinic will continue immediately. And it's Pastor Charles. Pastor Charles Ikutiminu. You don't want to miss it. I'm looking forward to being a part of that myself. We'll have a brief interlude of praise and worship. And then the prayer clinic will continue. Sit back, relax, and remain blessed. See you later.